Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hello and welcome to Here's Where It Went Wrong, the podcast where every week we have on one of our favorite comedians to talk about one of their favorite things and we trace its history to find out exactly where it all went off the rails. I'm Winsler Powers. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Andrew Nadeau. Andrew, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. This one was so much fun. Guys, by the way, I apologize for the echo. I am in my new apartment, which I'm very happy with. I chose an apartment with a bedroom so small, my bed does not fit in it because it has a closet so big, my recording equipment does. <laughs> Andrew, you didn't tell me your bed didn't fit in the bed. Did you not measure? I measured. I just really wanted this closet where I could record. <laughs> so. Oh, so you knew going in for a fact i need a new bed yes incredible that is the level of commitment i have for this show so guys i apologize for the echo i don't have any soundproofing in, in here yet we'll, we'll get that sorted out over time but we had a great recording today with justine stafford a comedian that i just love you can follow her at justine stafford on twitter and tiktok and at justine stafford underscore on instagram you can also follow her podcast the substantial meal which you should definitely check out and she is so funny and fantastic at photo and video editing. So we had her on today to talk about the history of photo editing, which obviously had a fascinating history going back to basically when photography started. So it was really fun to get into. God, this I had so much fun. I learned, I learned, I love, I love this podcast. I love how much I learn just listening to my own podcast while we're recording yeah. it, <laughs> which is like the most masturbatory thing I've ever said, other than I'm masturbating, which I yell every <laughs> single time. So let's get into it. Let's go. Justine Stafford, thank you so much for joining us today. Tonight for you, it's it's 11 p.m. in Ireland. It is. It is. And we've been trying to put this together for like two months because you have come back with some of our favorite ideas. In fact, so favorite that we had done all of them already. Yeah, which is like, I mean, that's a compliment. It's been a journey getting here, but I do like that stuff that I'd suggested. You're like, we've already recorded. And literally there was one that you were like, we literally did that in the last week's episode. I'm like, that's a good sign. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you're going to enjoy the show because you keep generating content we'll enjoy <laughs> yeah we can do this it's just gonna take time and then after that you obviously had your covid vaccine hit you hard mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're thankfully doing okay now yeah on the other side so get it yeah <laughs> both one and two both laid me out for like a full day afterward yeah but that was because i was a dummy that also got covid so like my body was just like i've seen this guy before 
get him. And my immune system went really overboard. Right. But see, the thing is, that's why I went, I had the offer of getting a one, the one dose vaccine or the two dose. And I thought, let's get the two jobs because then I have two excuses for getting, you know, off work for a day. Oh, yeah. and just chilling. I was like, yeah. <laughs> But the one dose only get one of those, right? That's actually genius. That's true because everyone's accepting. If you call in and say COVID shot, no one's like, oh, "Okay, but you should you should come in anyway." No, nobody wants to mess with this. And I'm like, well, you're paying me for today's work. Sure. Well, then, yeah, I, I'll yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you did come up with a, a really good idea for today. Something you have a background in, and something I have always wanted to have a background in, but have refused to put in any effort. So tell us which one to talk about today. Yeah, I want to talk about Photoshop. Yes, is something that would unquestionably make me better at my job to learn and I will not do it. <laughs> the amount of comedians that are fantastic with Photoshop remind me of the fact that I really need to learn how to do Photoshop. It is. There is a beauty in amateur really badly done Photoshop too. You know what I mean? Like people who just, I think that's beautiful too. So don't rule yourselves out guys. That's what my advice would be. Yeah, I, I'm definitely using like the whatever free phone app you can find. I, I think I have two because I couldn't even figure one out. So I have one that lets me overlay images and one that lets me add text and i'm sure this is all doable in one place but not without effort <laughs> you should go for paint 96 that's where you have to go windows 96 go right back is that the winner i mean that was the best game as a child you know you draw like a load of squiggles and then paint them in different colors that was like my hobby that was 90 percent of our lives <laughs> i was a huge fan of ms paint and i tried to make it like photoshop i tried to like create my own characters might be like well it's gonna be the head of this person and the body of this person and then it's just like, oh, God, I created a Cronenberg-like monstrosity <laughs> that has, you know, like, if it could talk, it would ask for me to kill it. Like, that's my level of photo editing. And that's when your parents sent you to therapy. That was really yeah. excited, you know? Oh, they <laughs> wish they sent me to therapy. Instead, I got a musical theater degree that cost way too much money. <laughs> Well, and I, I actually had it when I was a kid, an early teenager, and my time was entirely spent with starburst effects. That was all I had figured out was like, okay, I can put a moon up here and then make it bright for no reason. It's not like I'm unwilling to put the work in to learn something new. There's, there's plenty I do that with, but I find it so frustrating with Photoshop editing in general that I have never been able to advance beyond. I did one recently for some random joke when Italy won. I ended up just putting in a random picture of SpaghettiOs, like not even someone holding it. It was just vaguely there in the foreground because that was all I could figure out. See, I appreciate that. I love really purposely amateur Photoshop. So there's a place for you. I'm going to pretend it's deliberate. Totally. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, yeah, as long as it's earnest, as long as it's done in earnest, there's some beauty in watching someone just like be like, do you like this? And it's just like, yeah. no, I don't. But it's really cute that you did it. I love that. Yeah. Like, I mean, then you can play along and be like, Oh, it, I didn't even know that was photoshopped. It's so good. We might put it on the fridge, you know? So this was the, just the dumbest thing. Ann Coulter followed me. Ann Coulter is terrible, so I blocked her. And it was, it was just two photos, just a picture of Ann Coulter following and then me blocked. And I immediately got a reply from a Trump supporter saying it was the worst photoshop he had ever seen. Oh. Oh my and God. It wasn't a Photoshop. It was a real photo. <laughs> That's amazing, Andrew. You know what you should have followed it up with? You should have followed it up with a screenshot of that DM and then the block. Yeah. <laughs> and just said, and I'll do it again. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. That would have been a much better follow-up. Instead, I was just overwhelmed by the thought process because not only is this, he thinks it's a Photoshop, but he believes it's the, what is he looking at that makes him so positive this did not happen? It was the can of SpaghettiOs in the foreground that really... <laughs> <laughs> That's what threw it off. It's not like Ann Coulter's following her for my politics. She saw some random joke or something. And, but, you know, that was a satisfying blog. I got to say, I can't imagine Ann Coulter, like, reading one of your jokes and, like, having a human laugh and then being like, I want more of this feeling. Yeah. <laughs> As to, honestly, Charlotte, I was like, I don't know what it was that you think you enjoyed here, but I promise this is not going to continue. <laughs> I do not have the sense of humor that should be satisfying for you. Wow, that is incredible. incredible. So, but Justin, you actually have done work with Photoshop. You're actually good at this. This has been part of your job. Yeah, I guess so. So, I mean, like, that's how I, I mean, I would have started doing Photoshop in college. So I did film and broadcasting in college. So that was pretty much a module learning how to do that, which is a concerning amount of years ago now. So I don't want to really reference. So let's not talk about it. But then when I, you know, that was at a time when social media hadn't really been developed yet. I mean, the height was MySpace. Oh, those are the days. What a simpler time that was. When we all learned coding for fun. Yes. Right. <laughs> Tom was everyone's friend. He just wanted to be friends with everyone, you know. And you could put a song on your profile, and that song usually said, My aunt should message me to ask if I'm okay. That was usually the song I would pick. Like, hey, this is really sad and you're 12. What's going on? Now the tables have turned because like I go onto Facebook and I see my aunt is involved in another pyramid scheme and I'm like, are you okay? Like, What's going on with you? Okay, you dissed me for Blink-182. Here we are. The tables have turned. So, yeah. Then left college and started working doing social media for different companies and memes were just you know in their baby they were in their formation stage you know their early preschool years and again what a simpler time so that's how then I started using photoshop as my job to make memes I was like I'm being paid money to make so that was a beautiful time but I mean then you started to see that kind of thing of like obviously I'd I'd learned it in college so I'd like all the editing features of photoshop and it was at a time when photoshop wasn't even wasn't as readily available so like when you were doing it people at the time photoshop even wasn't as well aware with everyone that they were like photoshop is a thing that you can edit photos in this way so we would do different series of memes and people would question and think that they were real so then you start to question well with great photoshopping comes great responsibility because <laughs> we, we walked a very fine line in my job of like i mean things that you think would be obviously photoshopped that people wouldn't comprehend like we had can't Kanye West, say, one night had won an award and we like photoshopped various items in his hand instead of the award. So it was like <laughs> him holding a puppy, him holding a fish, like a load of just ra him holding a miniature version of himself. And people in the comments were like, that's a disgrace. Animal cruelty. I can't believe he brought a puppy up on stage. <laughs> Why would he bring a puppy up on stage? <laughs> Cloning is against my religion. And the fact that he made a small version of himself just to bring on stage is insulting to my God. Exactly. It. Like, and then because there was another time, like, it was a really sunny day in Ireland, which comes around once every five years. <laughs> and so, me and my friend at work had just stupidly he had found like a rural part of Ireland and photoshopped a tornado in the background. <laughs> really, really badly done. Like, right? The local weather forecast Twitter put it up to be careful to <laughs> residents in the area, and we're like, what have we done? At that point, we realized the power of Photoshop 
And she's just like, you know, we're trying to be funny here and people aren't getting the funny. Let's just make celebrities have no teeth. That's everyone loves that. <laughs> that never gets old. So, yeah, it, it, it's been a fun. It was a very fun job to have just doing that. And I mean, I, I think it's interesting, especially because when you, you put it out on social media, there's not a filter for like only the people smart enough to understand this are going to see it. It goes to everyone, including those that are just online to get angry or confused which is a large part of those on the internet that's the majority of online it's most of the internet yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly and i mean it was rare like that you would find be like the amount of people that just were confused and just angry at the stuff you'd make not because of the joke but they thought it was real and they're like you know abusing this puppy on stage you know you're like, like that's where your first instinct went <laughs> question maybe of collections that are online of just people responding sincerely to the onion are incredible just hundreds of people being like how could this have have possibly <laughs> happened when the image they have has parody stamped on it yeah but then even it reached a point whereby people would message me asking me to photoshop for them so like for stuff that they do and then i did see this trend and i would never really do because a lot of the time people are asking me to hey i can't get a parking permit can you like photoshop <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that it says I live there. And I'm like, that's illegal. And I mean, <laughs> the government says I need to get vaccinated. Could you make one of those cards for me, please? <laughs> the amount of people I have friends who are graphic designers and they're inundated with that request right now. And I'm like, guys. Wow. I'm not surprised, but also, wow. I'm still disappointed. Yeah. Yep. Well, I ran, I was one of the people that, that was behind this White House intern parody account for a while. And it was, it was growing quickly enough that it was reported and immediately shut down. Uh, but we had parody written in the description and we had constant DMs from people who believed they were talking to Trump directly uh, <laughs> to people that we had actual reporters asking us for quotes in our DMs. It was like, we said parody. Also, we just had a story here about Trump, you know, throwing a TV out a window or something absolutely ridiculous. There was no possible way this could be true. And it was every single day, more DMs thanking us for our hard work. <laughs> you can't beat the one where somebody photoshopped an excerpt from a book and then put in the whole thing about the gorilla channel. Oh God. <laughs> was that pixelated boat? Yeah. Pixelated yeah. boat put that up. <laughs> and like the entire world was just like, oh my God, he has closed caption footage of gorillas and he watches it all day. And it's just like, God, we are the most easily tricked people in the world. <laughs> but I was just going to say, like you, like the idea of writing fake headlines for Trump is difficult because kind of things you write that are fake could very well happen with him. That's kind of an interesting area, you know. It was, and I realize that's made parody harder for ours. We we took this perspective of an intern who had just given up relaying the inside story. <laughs> so it was just you know in, increasingly dumb stuff, and it was a, a fun one to write because of that because it was it was just we felt like it was so obviously parody in fact we're getting so we probably didn't need to put parody nobody could possibly believe this <laughs> and then very quickly where we prove it wrong uh, there you go whoops <laughs> yeah it was a series though of an artist too because i would get that request all the time like people ask me to photoshop and i wouldn't mind if it was like friends for birthdays and doing stupid things of like they want to be a life of terror but that kind of thing but i did see an artist online who would share he would get like zero requests from people being like pictures of her and her boyfriend and hey could you edit out the trash in the back or like edit there's a trash can in the background this was a wonderful series i loved with photoshopping whereby they would send them to this guy and they were like hey can you edit you know the trash in this photo and he would edit out the picture of her 
and leave it just the boyfriend right. and the <laughs> or like the girl be like hey can you make me look hotter in this picture and he just make it look like she had sunburn like a whole <laughs> series of these it was gorgeous I followed that it was fantastic oh, it, was it was so great there was even one of it like a girl message asking like I don't look great here can you make me look great but she felt great as E-R-A-T-E and he just made her arms he's greater <laughs> gorgeous Poetry. Incredible. And it, it showed the amount of requests that, that come in too, because I, I think there is a, I mean, occasionally I've asked friends for to do something like really simple if, you know, we're working together on jokes or something, but it's work. It's your job. Exactly. And it's a thing that I think the creative industry and like for the same with like writing or comedy in general, that people completely take for granted and they're like, you'd never ask a doctor, hey, you wouldn't mind just doing a quick surgery on me just if you have like half an hour, like we'll just... Just get done. We'll be fast. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's in the media industry and like arts in general that people take for granted that this is someone's job and that, you know, this is, you know, takes time and effort that people overlook that. And it, it pisses me off. So I never really, unless they were friends, I would never like do free requests for people that wanted me to photoshop that is my time how many times like as comedians you hear like hey i got a story that you could turn into one of your bits <laughs> or the, even the one too that obviously every we've, we've all heard a hundred times is you someone finds your comedian it's like oh tell me a joke mm-hmm. and it's like it's just it's so infuriating because it's like it, it doesn't seem like an unreasonable request for them but that is my job i <laughs> you're whatever you're doing imagine we're at a party and i'm asking you to just do my taxes for me real quick just to show exactly. me exactly show, show me a tax thing real quick yeah. show, just show me show me a quick loophole just show me right. one loophole <laughs> And I'll, I'll leave you alone. Why are you being such a jerk about this? Everyone said you were the tax guy. You, they said they were the tax, you were the taxiest guy I knew. <laughs> taxiest guy I knew is good. No, but plus, like, not to mention, too, that, like, we structure our sets. You know, we've got an atmosphere we build here. It's not like, oh, tell me a joke. And this is like, because it's not the kind of jokes that you tell at a bar or at a party. Or exactly. Something. Imagine I've been building up goodwill with you for the past 10 minutes. Okay, so here's the joke. <laughs> This callback will mean nothing. <laughs> that would be great, though, if I we did a set entirely of callbacks from a show that didn't exist. I feel like two people in the audience would love it and everyone else would kick us off stage. That is a situation where you have me howling in the background yeah. in, in a silent room. Like, I'm just dying. You're up there killing, but just with me. Right. <laughs> All right, we're going to try this one sometime soon. We've got a show coming up. We're going to do this. But we also have a history on Photoshop here, which we should get into because I forgot to time how long we've been going, but it feels like around the time we start talking about history. So this was an interesting one to look into because it begins with photography, and I wanted to see how long it took after photography started, people realized there was manipulation here. So photography was invented, depending on what you want to count as the first image in the early 1800s. Neepsi got the first fixed image on film in the mid-1820s, but it required several days of exposure. The results were crude. Then Louis Daguerre developed the daguerreotype and the first publicly announced and commercially viable photographic process that only took minutes of exposure. And this was introduced in 1839. See, that's a great development because, you know, if you wanted to send a dick pic back then, you were waiting. <laughs> yeah. It was a great time for women. Because, you know, you know, had to wait, what, how many weeks there or days before you could get it? Not only that, but just get the photo. You just had to maintain the erection for so yeah. long without smiling, by the way. <laughs> That's impressive, actually. I mean. At that point, you probably don't even mind that much. It's like, you know what? He put the effort in. I'm at least he tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, Louis Daguerre ruined it for everybody by taking this down from eight hours to two days to like five minutes. 1839, that was, that was so, fuck you, Louis Daguerre. Uh, <laughs> don't know why I'm suddenly so hostile here. He did a great job. Okay, that's generally accepted as the birth of practical photography. So the first example I could find of photographic manipulation was less than seven years later. Calvert Richard Jones took a photo of five Capuchin monks, four in a group and one behind, and Jones felt the fifth monk ruined the integrity of the scene, so he painted over him on the negative in dark Indian ink and in the positive print where the monk appeared to be a white patch of sky. So sad. I mean, it's, yeah. it's generally like you'd see like celebrities that will just Photoshop to take out, you know, oh, I'm going to change my hair a little or make me a little thinner. But to take him out entirely, that's pretty rough. Oh, especially because like photography was still so rare at this time. Like to be photographed was a big deal. Was Calvert Richard like dating that monk and they broke up? Like that yeah. just seems so mean. It was it was really intense. Like, hey, congrats. You're going to be in one of the first hundred pictures ever taken. Fuck you. You're a piece of sky now. Exactly. I figured out a new thing to do with photographs just to say fuck you to that monk. <laughs> He took a vow of silence, but he was still just like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I found the photo, too. And he was right. It looked better without the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to Photoshop that monk back in to like and like maybe we can redo everything else that's come afterwards by putting that monk back into that photo. We're going to put him in other pictures after this. <laughs> yeah. He's he lives that new on. photo that's out <laughs> at the moment. I don't know when this is coming out, but like the J-Lo and Ben Affleck on the boat is the new big image for today. We're going to put that monk in the background there that's that's what's gonna happen Fair sky fuck that we love sidetracks here sidetracks are important ben affleck is unmake funnable what an individual this man i think he intentionally dismantled his entire life just so he could speed run his way back to the top where all of us like we're making fun of him non-stop for like a year and then over the course of this pandemic He's dated the two most beautiful women on earth, one of which the ex-wife is like not only his ex-girlfriend, but the ex-wife of the most hated player of the baseball team he hates most in the world. (laughs) That's incredible. That's amazing. And then to have that like side by side of him grabbing the same butt two decades apart. That's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. And a level of contentment I will never know in my life. Anyways, back to Photoshop. That is. I mean, that's uh, writers would kill for that series finale that's just perfect you know you would kill it that's true it's it's got to end now there's no way they can get better than this (laughs) so after this one of the most significant attempts of early editing because it become a common form among politicians involved abraham lincoln which also requires some cool background because he's also one of the earliest sources of pre-production manipulation became significantly important later on during lincoln's 1860 campaign if he had been around for a while but it still wasn't standard by any means you weren't likely to know what a presidential candidate actually looked like and rumors of his ugliness were significant. It is sad that people don't know what you look like, but also not that ugly. But a paper in North Carolina said he was coarse, vulgar, and uneducated. The Houston Telegraph wrote he was the leanest, lankiest, most ungainly mass of legs, arms, and hatchet face ever strung upon a single frame. He has most unwarrantably abused the privilege which all politicians have of being ugly, which is just a brutal burn. This is so much. This is so many means 
15 things right in a row. Right. That's like one sentence and just so harsh. You could say that about the last president too, though. Like pretty yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, absolutely. And they, all of the articles I could find were from Southern states, though. This was a political angle that was, was pressed hard. Mary Boykin said Lincoln was grotesque in appearance, the kind that are always at the corner stores sitting on boxes, whittling sticks and telling stories as funny as they are vulgar. And there was this actually an anti-Lincoln rallying cry song that ended with, we beg and pray you don't, for God's sake, show his picture. <laughs> Pictures just came around. They just got invented. Can you imagine? Can you imagine oh people just God. being like, hey, we just got this new technology. And for the love of God, don't show us your ugly fucking face. Make him a cloud, please. <laughs> of course this man was depressed. Yeah. You know what really aged Lincoln during the time of his presidency? It wasn't the Civil War. It was reading all all like people's mean comments about him. These could all easily be on a late night celebrities reading mean tweets segment. A roast. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, these are creatively cruel for no reason. <laughs> also, the person who is sitting around whittling sticks and telling vulgar, funny stories sounds delightful. I know. Yeah, you're actually love kind that of guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, he seemed like a bit of fun. <laughs> but this was pressed really hard because the rumors mostly stayed among his opposing Democrats. This was before the Democrats and Republicans switched platforms during the Dixiecrat era and early civil rights rights movement. So just remember, political lines are switched, because at least it, I assume it's gotten a degree to Ireland as well. But here there's a, a vitriolic reaction to Republicans. So reverse it in your head, guys. Yeah. Uh, so this was more of a slur uh, than a campaign reality, but he didn't want it to spread. So he went to Matthew Brady. You might have heard of being the Civil War photographer. He was well known even then. Brady himself, bad vision, and he didn't even take most of his photos. But what he was brilliant at was directing. That's just one of the funniest things to me. Like that you yeah. go, I need to change how I look. I'll go to like one of the like blindest people. Yeah. Like a blind <laughs> taxi driver. Or was it that no actual <laughs> photographer with eyes would look at him because he was that ugly? Like it really yeah. If he's the only one willing to meet him because he could barely see him. That's true. Honestly, there should have been some better burns out of this one. (laughs) But Brady had people working for him. In fact, a lot of the Civil War photographs he was famous for, he didn't take himself. Those were his teams that he sent out there. Um, And one quote about Brady said he conceptualized images, arranged the sitters, and oversaw the production of pictures. Um, And a New York Times article also said Brady was not averse to certain forms of retouching. That wasn't specified how. And Lincoln was kind of gangly. Like the average height for men was the lowest it had ever been, dropping almost three inches from what it had been a couple hundred years ago prior to now below 5'6". And Lincoln was 6'4". So this is abnormally tall at this point. That is Conan O'Brien height on the nose. Yeah. 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 Or no, he'd be swimming in compliments. They'd be like, damn. Yeah. Well, and imagine too that that this is with the height being uh, three inches below what it is now. So, like, uh, so let's say equivalent of six seven. Then, if oh, I want to just take a direct why? one. And why did he Cute. add an extra tall hash then? I was already yeah. me. I mean, you're <laughs> that was tall the exact tall. same thing I thought. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, this this was this large gangly guy that's that's now thought of as, as relatively attractive, at least as far as presidents go. But in February 1860, just before Lincoln gave the Cooper Union Address, then called the Cooper Institute Address, that would help him get the Republican presidential nomination, Brady posed Lincoln for one of the first widely spread photos of him. And it has a neutrally colored wall and column behind him with Lincoln staring directly into the camera. Lincoln had his right hand placed on two books. This is the basic scene that's well staged. Small additions were significant because Brady lasted 
blasted Lincoln's face with light to draw attention away from his frame. He had Lincoln curl his fingers under so you could only see the back of his right hand with his extremely long fingers hidden. And Brady artificially enlarged Lincoln's collar so it almost fully covered his neck, making it look more proportional. Because apparently the neckline was also a common insult to Lincoln's looks. This was apparent because after attending the Lincoln's inauguration in 1861, one Virginia man wrote, he's a much better looking man than is represented in the papers to be, not being so extraordinarily tall, nor having such a very long neck either. This was so talked about that, that after he saw me, like, oh, his neck's not that long. God, <laughs> these are just like things that if I heard about myself, I would never come out of my room. Yeah. Like, this is like, what a hurtful thing to just be like, don't worry, we widen the collar. Oh, why'd you widen the collar? Oh, because of your freakish neck that everyone talks about. <laughs> I mean, I'd never come out of my room, never mind run for president. I just feel like that's how did you, ha- like this man, I have such respect for his confidence and perseverance. Yeah, I mean, this this was really incredible. And uh, if you guys have, have the notes, you can see the photo there. This was Lincoln pre-beard. Actually, quick sidetrack on that. Milton Bradley, the guy who, who got Monopoly and all these games going. Milton Bradley originally was making money with a lithographic press. And he was selling pictures of Lincoln, who was, you know, potentially going to be president. And the pictures were with Lincoln without a beard. And then Lincoln grew the beard and immediately became associated with him. And he couldn't sell. Nobody wanted pre-beard pictures. Nobody wanted an Abraham Lincoln rookie card? Yeah. couldn't sell. He could not get these off his hands. So he said, fuck it, I'm going to make board games and created this empire of board games because Lincoln grew a beard and he couldn't sell pictures anymore. The old times were weird. (laughs) Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway from this whole thing. This is insane. Can you imagine like having to quit your job selling beardless Lincoln photos, which was his job, to being like, okay, I guess I'm going to make board games now. And they're like, you're going to make what now? And he's like, you'll see. That makes me feel like so normal that my job was photoshopping and making memes as a living compared to the shit show back then, honestly. It was insane. It it was, yeah. (laughs) So this is the the pre-beard Lincoln photo and the photo appeared in papers all over the country. I'm sorry, I I have to interject one quick thing. So James Harden, the basketball player, is known for his beard. Do you know how much a picture of James Harden worth right now with his beard? How much? Fucking bullshit. It's worth nothing. You know how much a beardless rookie card of James Harden is? It's $700. Okay. Why did this change? Why did they reverse it? Why is the rookie now beardless photos what you don't want? It's I don't like this system. I don't believe in it. It's making me question everything about the old. You know what? I think that those slave owners then had things backwards. Yeah. I'm going to say I think they were dumb and they made a lot of mistakes and they didn't understand the intrinsic value of beardless photos or human life. It makes no sense. They're two big issues, really. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, you could see him every single day with the beard. So why would you not want the collector's item where he yeah. doesn't have it? <laughs> I assume that it's the photographs are still rare enough at this time that if you're getting an image of someone, it's to represent what they are. Now photographs are abundant. So what you need is, again, the rarity. It's just a, a, the representation of what you can't see is my theory on this. But I still agree. Also, I think Lincoln looked better without the beard. I think it was a good look. I mean, I think you're wrong. Yeah. But I, I mean, let's face it. Lincoln went from just like a, oh, okay, there's a normal looking guy to full on smoke show with the beard, <laughs> if I do say so myself. This is a highly debated issue. Probably the thing people disagree about with Lincoln most in history. Sorry, we're still in Lincoln times and, and, and <laughs> times a ticking. So I guess we should speed this up. <laughs> so Lincoln said, 
Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. And the, the, again, the photo went around and the impact of this was so significant that Lincoln actually said later, Brady and this speech of the Cooper Institute made me president. Brady became a regular photographer for Lincoln, including taking the photos now used on the penny and $5 bill. But the most significant change of photos came after Lincoln's death it was now to be portrayed as a hero with a lack of photos where he's appearing heroically. There was, however, However, an engraving of John C. Calhoun in this heroic pose, Calhoun being the seventh vice president of the United States, extreme racist slave proponent who hated Lincoln. And it was also just true embodiment of the term crazy eyes. Again, put a picture up here. <laughs> it was just looked absolutely insane. So Hicks replaced Calhoun's head with Lincoln's. The words on the papers in the background on the desk Calhoun was leaning on were even changed from strict constitution, free trade, and the sovereignty of the states to constitution, union, and proclamation of freedom. And no one noticed this for all almost a hundred years. Uh, don't, don't even question it. It wasn't until the photojournalist uh, Stefan Laurent was compiling photos for his book on Lincoln in 1957 that he realized Lincoln's mole was on the wrong side and his pose was identical to that on the $5 bill because Hicks had flipped Lincoln's face when he put it over Calhoun's. This is incredible and also exactly what I did with MS Paint when I was making my own characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, altering images was less common, but it was a practice. Brady had edited in a member of General Sherman's staff when he couldn't attend a group photo. Of course, Brady's known for the Civil War photography. He had asked soldiers to pretend they were dead for some of his most famous works, which, you know, a little disturbing. <laughs> Can you imagine being one of the, like, the few soldiers that fucking survived a Civil War battle and then being like, okay, and now lay down next to your friend who is now dead. What <laughs> triggering is that? <laughs> yeah. God, it was messed up. <laughs> well, you know what they called PTSD back then, right? Laying down on the ground and pretending you're dead for a photo. Well, they called it cowardice. Oh, that right. Oh. <laughs> it, was, no, it went from what? Cowardice to shell shock to what was the one in between? <laughs> I don't know. It was bad. Look, we're saying the olden times were not great. <laughs> This last one from this time period. There's also this famous photo of Ulysses S. Grant supposedly on a horse in front of his troops in City Point, Virginia during the Civil War. And it's just Grant's head. It's Major General McCook's horse and body and the background of Confederate prisoners at the Battle of Fisher's Hill. And photos were still, you know, rare and significant enough, important enough that this wasn't questioned. Yeah, but they put his head on the horse, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> But this is only shortly after the time period where they put like they sewed the cat and fish together and they said, look, mermaids. And this was traveling around the world and touring shows. Let's see. 
they're getting distracted because they're playing all those new board games. That's why they're yeah. not really paying attention to the photos anymore. That's that was why. it. <laughs> they were on point before that. After this, it just, it pretty much stayed the same. Late 1800s, 1800s, they were consistent techniques requiring specific methods to achieve results. It was very specific. It was a high skilled job at this point. And after this, it would pretty much be a tool used by politicians. Stalin would airbrush out his enemies and people he disliked. Mao Zedong would be the same as would Hitler removing Goebbels at one point. <laughs> Mussolini had a photo of himself posing heroically on a horse, but he wasn't like great on a horse. So it required a horse handler. By the way, also seen this photo. He's just sitting on a horse holding something in the <laughs> air and he needed a handler there. <laughs> oh it was God. so easy to trick people back. Yeah. Wasn't, I'm not sure if you have it in there, but didn't someone like edit in fairies into a photo and it made everyone believe fairies were real for the longest time? Oh, it's absolutely happened. Yeah. In fact, there was a, a story early in, on in, in telescopes where they thought they saw people on the moon and people refused to believe it wasn't true when they said like, oh no, we misinterpreted the image. So eventually they just had to say, we checked it out closer, guys. Turned out they weren't people. Like we sent guys up there, no people. So we're cool. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, if I was working back then, it would have been a dream. You could forge up anything. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, Whoa, it's insane. Wow, Mussolini sure can't sit on a horse. <laughs> So I think the, the older history was, was pretty much the interesting part. After that, we kind of know what happened after this. As it got more common, it started being used in magazines, on the internet, and started being abused almost immediately. Just to like do a quick point, just because I, I needed to say this date, they were called the Cottingley Fairies. And this was a Photoshop <laughs> from 1917 and like made the whole world believe that fairies were real. And if you looked at these photos now, you're like, that is the crudest Photoshop I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the Loch Ness Monster, too. I mean, that has now been that the most famous photo ha has been shown to be. It was actually the guy that was, was seeking this out to get it published. Turned out the evidence he had was fake and he was kind of ridiculed for it. So he got this fake photo published in the newspaper to ruin their reputation for ruining his oh reputation. My and uh, that is the Loch Ness Monster photo that we're all so familiar with. And then, yeah, digital cameras, then uh, Photoshop. And that brings us to today, us doing this shit on our phones, <laughs> hoping it gets us work. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, what what a journey that has been. On this. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting, though, that it has been around that long. Like, I was really blown away uh, at the fact that Lincoln was you. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, this was really one of those things where just like immediately afterwards, as soon as they had photography, they're like, we got to be able to make this is people have just immediately realized how unattractive they were. And they're like, we got to do something about this. We can't be looking at this all the time. Like Lincoln was there just wanted a flower crown or like, you know, dog yeah. ears <laughs> and a licky face. That's what he really wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Going to bring the Snapchats off back to the 1860s. <laughs> so that's the history. Obviously, what we've enjoyed is, is the fact that this has been a lot of fun for us, even being bad at it. I've gotten good jokes out of this. I've had fun coming up with ideas for this. So, Justine, where did it go wrong? Okay, for me, I think it went wrong. I can kind of put it down to two things combining. One is that it was the creation of apps whereby pretty much anyone can do Photoshop now. I mean, when I learned it, it was a skill, okay? So it was something that you had to go to college and learn. Like we had modules and I'm really, it was like navigating Photoshop. There were so many components there that I was like, this is crazy. Whereby now it's available free on any app and very user-friendly and easy to use, which is both great because it means everyone is able to use this. But with that comes the downside that everyone is able to use it. And I think the biggest thing that I've seen 
that is problematic is that there's people essentially trying to take other people's identity yeah. online or <laughs> that's probably the area that I would say most problematic and a lot of scamming as a result of vulnerable people in particular or people you know sometimes when I'm feeling bad about myself I will watch catfish feel better about myself yeah. <laughs> um, these people it's perfect but like they will relay these stories of thinking that they were talking to Snoop Dogg or some celebrity and it was they, they truly believe it because you know that picture that would go around with they're like okay prove it's them show you holding a page with my name on it and the ability of people to know photoshop any celebrity holding a page with said person's name on it is so easy to do now people can fake conversations where they convince people that they have spoken to celebrities or said people online it's insane how far it's gotten and i think yeah it, you really have to be questioning the validation of things online now and uh, with good reason because yeah it, it's just gone too far as well with manipulation of photos but i do think now we're at a point whereby Photoshop is nearly a gateway into plastic surgery. Of, yeah. <laughs> oh, here's what I could look like. Maybe I'll give it a go. Whereas I'm like, okay, I'll, I think we're all very much aware of Photoshop in photos now for like, people are far more aware of like models or magazine covers, carry airbrush. It's good that we've reached that point now because in the beginning, we weren't aware it was happening, whereas everyone is now. But I think there's still a gray area with people claiming people's identity online and scamming people. I think that's very, just again, the ease of access, which has been great for so many things but yeah i mean th this entry into the deep fakes era was so immediately disturbing partially because of how comfortable people were with it that the idea that this is absolutely an invasion to be pretending to be someone else to be posing as someone else it's a disturbing concept and i think at least as much of a violation stealing someone's identity for bank fraud or or, or whatever you're, you're going to be using it for for money this was just an evolution of that but these things typically the laws for the internet are always behind the technology so the ability to stop this has been such a big challenge too. There's progress being made there, but yeah, I mean, when you can make this in five or ten minutes and just have immediately absolutely convincing photo to anybody that studied this to, to know what to look for, to look for these small changes, and especially in an era where everyone is told that, you know, don't trust the news, don't trust what you see, it, it lets people believe the things they want to believe only. If you've got photographic evidence, supposed photographic evidence to back that up, it makes a lot easier to be like, oh, okay, well, this site that I like is the one that's right because they have a photo and I don't need to know if it's true or not. And not only that, but with things like, you know, phishing scams where they, they are able to Photoshop the Amazon logo and, and everything into their own like little letterhead. And just to give you some statistics on that, I mean, the average cost for a data breach in 2019 was $3.86 million. 30% of all phishing messages are successful, according to Verizon. 76% of businesses in America were reported to be victims of a phishing attack in the last year of when this was recorded in 2019. And some of these scams have resulted in 2019 in $12 billion in losses from people just, oh, I see this from a trusted service of Amazon, of Google, of, oh, they put the letterhead for the company that I work at and it looks like this is from my boss. That's a very rudimentary, easy Photoshop and it results in that much 
financial pain in people every single year. That's incredible. And you're right. That is a much easier one. That is, again, one that with my lack of skill I could do. If all you need is a letterhead, that's cut and paste. Me and Andrew are very dumb and we could pull this off. (laughs) And we are very, very dumb. 1.5 million new phishing sites are created every single month using these kinds of techniques and they are very successful, obviously. And that's just something with that. You could also just have the whole thing of hurtful photoshops of human beings see that's the thing that it's coming around recently it's a lot on tiktok of this new filter whereby you can make photos come alive and a lot of people are using it now to like remember their deceased relatives and i guess that's therapeutic for some people but i just don't think my granny would appreciate being brought back to life to dance the macarena i just don't feel she would really want that to be her memory (laughs) i actually i don't think i put this one in the notes but that was one of the very early examples of they were doing this back in the 1800s. They would take old photos and combine them with double exposure to have the deceased person, but they oh would look God. very ghost-like in them and they called, you know, ghost photos. So no, this was a, an early thing and now just made more disturbing by the fact that we can just make it more and more accurate and pose them and have them be holograms. I mean, it, it gets really disturbing. <laughs> yeah, it's going too far. But then you see, like I look at even when scams would have started and there were like really badly done and I'm like who's falling for this and then one day I was at home and my dad walked into the room he's like Christine I'm after willing a million euro Coca-Cola said I'm the million to text her and I'm like oh you, you're the okay okay this yeah. is falling for this but when you people that aren't exposed to the internet or services like that they're the ones that are targeting most I think predominantly lockdown I think it's really increased in the last 12 months because everyone's been at home and they're aware of people are working from home for the first time or that people have had to learn how to use laptops or receive emails for people that may not have been in that area of working at home and they're targeting that so much more. That's why it doesn't surprise me of how many more phishing sites. I mean, it's terrifying how many are set up that consistently. Especially when they don't need to get everyone. It's fine if 99% of people didn't buy it, even though when obviously it's much higher percentage due, because if you send it to 100,000 people, you don't need to get that many to be making a lot of money from this. And, and yeah, you're absolutely right. If, if you're someone that has had no experience of this, I mean, I don't even know how to explain to someone what they should look for for it to be fake. It's just we have ingrained the things that we need know to be legitimate that handle looks off this image looks off why would they sign off this way but there are things that i don't know how to tell someone how to specifically look for it's just a feeling that it's not right because we're so exposed that's it it's been a huge one in ireland in the last 12 months of like getting a text from the bank that it's the same handle but you see the previous text you've had with them so it's the same number they're sending it off and all the previous ones are legit you've had with your bank and the amount of people that have been scammed that way and lost a lot of money oh it's incredible yeah i've gotten so suspicious of everything that I have like ignored actual calls from my bank in order to avoid being scammed. Like my bank is trying to be like, hey, someone is stealing your identity. And I'm just like, I'm not falling for it. Yeah, Yeah, sure, you're my bank. I don't believe you. And they're like, you're losing your money as we speak. And I'm like, not falling for this bullshit. And I go somewhere, my cards decline. I'm like, oh no. I'm actually a deep fake. I'm actually a cloud right now. (laughs) I've had people reach out to me with job offers on, on social media 
and my girlfriend said, why do you, why would you respond to this one that was clearly fake? And it's because the one before it looked exactly the same. It was real. It was because they didn't send it from the official account. They sent it from their account. And then when I said, yeah, I'm interested, they put me in contact with the official account. It looked exactly the same as someone that said, we can get you verified on Instagram. Did you send the money, by the way? I did not, no. Damn. <laughs> See, that's the thing, because now you instantly, like, don't believe things. Whereby I saw that, was that like on some before Ben Affleck got his shit together? I saw he was on that, like, dating app and match with someone and someone was like, ah, it's not him, it has to be a fake. And then he reached out to them and be like, why didn't you match me back? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, this never happens. It never ends this way. It was incredible. And not only that, but I saw that video and uh, my first thought would, oh, is this real? This looks like it's something fake. that's edited. Right. Yeah. I assume that's what it was immediately. So it's, it. you have no idea what reality you're supposed to believe in this because especially when our work is in satire, <laughs> It's, we're exposed to a lot of this stuff that's supposed to be on the line. Some of it's supposed to be incredibly extreme and nowhere near the line. But yeah, some of it's, it's supposed to be just the right amount of convincing. And it makes it very hard to tell when it's a joke or real. It's just so crazy that we went from like, how do we get this monk out of this fucking photo? <laughs> to now we're sitting here being like, if you showed me a video of my mother, I wouldn't fucking believe you. <laughs> like, I would not believe that my mother recorded a video telling me happy birthday. I'm not not falling for this. I'm in a, a group chat with comedians, this, you know, where I was in a few, and some of them have these, we had a couple good photo editors in there. I sent in a dumb photo of me. Within 10 minutes, I had been placed on the moon in the JFK assassination and on the Titanic. It just immediately, they just kept sending them back. It was so fast. It's not like these were good copies. It's not like, oh, I guess Andrew <laughs> went to the moon. Uh, but it was incredible, the turnaround time on this. The time it would take me to figure out what app I'm supposed to use. They had this done. But see, we're now, I mean, we all laughed at the people believing the fairies were there. Yeah. We laughed, <laughs> but look at us now, you know, like what's real anymore? Yeah, that's it. It's, it's just different standards of what should we possibly believe but there's there's not like there's a good way to know <laughs> like for a while people believed that abraham lincoln wasn't actually a hideous monstrosity of a man <laughs> got a fucking babadook running around out there we're gonna elect him president that's insane it, it tracks he's tall he has the hat i like it no i, I, like I got it. you I, I heard babadook was like oh yeah i i i, I wish that was around back then because that would have been a sick burn <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> that is essentially the history of photo editing. What we loved about it, obviously it's, it's been fantastic. It's created some great stuff. We've had a lot of fun with it. It's helped all of our work, Justine's more significantly than Wen and I, because we are both bad at it. And she's, again, you guys want to check out her social media at Justine Stafford underscore on Instagram, where you can see a lot of this really cool stuff. So that's what we loved about it. Where it went wrong was obviously the incredible abuse, which we now have to defend in our next segment in their defense. So how do we defend the abuse of photo editing to this degree. All right, I'll start. I'm going to go more benign than the scams and uh, and the bringing the dead back to life so you can marionette them in front of a camera so that we can have a new <laughs> Star Wars movie that we all enjoy because recasting a character is just beyond the pale. Let's keep, let's keep puppeteering the dead. Their families love it every time. My argument is going to be about when you put people in movies and TV shows and magazine covers and you make them look way hotter than any human being can 
can be in their entire life. It's a completely unachievable thing. It's ruined countless of people's body images. But here's the thing. It's done that to me too. It's done that to me too. And now I've dedicated my life to trying to look that way. And I'm never going to do it. I'm <laughs> never going to do it. I'm very mentally ill. But every now and then I get a good photo that I'm able to slightly change the lighting on. And for a brief second, I can put that on Instagram. And people will be like, hey, Wynn, you look great. And then I have that dopamine button in my brain. <laughs> that gets pushed every time someone says, like, like, or, hey, you look good. And that dopamine button, that gets pressed, and I need that. And I wouldn't have had that if I wasn't forced to become mentally ill due to all of these photo editings from the past so that now <laughs> I could do it on my phone and feel pretty for a brief moment before remembering it's a lie. And that's my defense of widely available photo editing software. Thank you. You know, that that covered a, a spectrum, but I get it. <laughs> There's a lot in there. <laughs> Justine, do you have anything in their defense? I think, I mean, in their defense, they could, so they did. I think that's really the only defense for it. And that, I mean, we need something to distract us from the impending doom of the world and everything else. So why not put that fucking flower crown on your dead granny because you can't you know what i mean it's that's about the height of the <laughs> defense i can give it and that hey at least if you just photoshop yourself you can just look that way and not need to pay money for plastic surgery now you can just do it for free and let the world think you look that way <laughs> and not pay for plastic although you would save plastic going in the ocean if you put it into your face so yeah that's very fair if you know. take all the plastic from the ocean and put it in your face and ass you can look fantastic take that Greta I love how you took like the approach of like when people are just like why did you climb Mount Everest because it's there I like how you're just like we could so we fucking did it and I, I definitely appreciate that attitude I mean it's Silicon Valley it's them basically just you know, hungry for, for more money. It's, it's yeah. Silicon Valley, really. You're the worst. <laughs> Andrew, bring us on home. In their defense, I don't know where the line is. I've got the things that I look at. I'm like, oh, this is clearly wrong. But I can't tell you why it's clearly wrong when we're immersed in this world of creating. Look, I mean, again, we do this as a joke for a living. <laughs> this is part of our jobs. Some of it just feels inherently wrong. But if I can't point to it and say why this is wrong, that's it's a lot harder to govern. And ultimately, it's going to be one of those things where we keep crossing the line until we figure it out and start making it illegal, uh, which some of it absolutely should be. But also to tie it into Wen's point of it driving you to get in shape and, and look better. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I clearly said it was because I was ill, Andrew. Yeah. I wasn't doing <laughs> some kind of badge of honor. I was probably happier before. <laughs> <laughs> but since I'm not going to do it, that is really nice that I can click two buttons on a filter and look closer to how I would like to look if I was working out. That is a simple solution that doesn't require me to become an inherently better person. And that's the route I'm always going to take. It's like that, you know, like, oh, if I did study in school, I could get a good grade. But this is me without study. You know, it's right. kind of that <laughs> example. If I'm getting a C without any work, <laughs> imagine what I could be doing if I put in effort. <laughs> C's get degrees. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful rhyme. We should have learned that in school. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, there was a study a while ago. If you tell someone information in rhyming form, they are significantly more likely to believe it. Yeah. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Yeah. Got a man off for murder. I think they photoshopped that image. I think it did fit. And they photoshopped <laughs> it to look smarter. That's my belief. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's podcast rules. I love it. It is. It's great. All right. I don't think we're going to do better than that. That. <laughs> so th- that does it for us, guys. That is the history of Photoshop, what we've learned about it, what it's done for us and where it went wrong, plus defending <laughs> the horrible things that have been done with it. Justine Stafford, thank you so much for coming on today. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast and it was so worth the wait. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, one more time, guys, you can find her at Justine Stafford on Twitter and TikTok. TikTok and at Justine Stafford underscore on Instagram. Please go check out and follow on all of those platforms. Justine, thank you for being here. Guys, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe. Give us five stars. It helps us out so much. We'll have a Patreon down in our show notes as well. It helps us keep the show going. We'll be back next week. We we'll hope you join us then. When? I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.